This is a presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu. Welcome, everybody, to the first installment of the second season of Building a Trinity. I'm your host, Kyler Bills. It is fantastic to talk to you guys again. Um, obviously, you guys know I'm a sophomore wrestling 285 pounds here at Trine, and I'm going to be your guide in the exploration of the Trine wrestling program, both past and present. Uh, I'm very excited to, be, to bring you the first installment of season two. This is obviously a bi-monthly podcast in which we will have a guest on the program, whether it be a wrestler on the team now, a coach, or even some alumni of the program. Sometimes we may even have multiple guests, but the purpose of this is to ultimately to get to or allow you to get to know some of the people behind the Trine Wrestling Program. And since the details are out of the way, we'll jump into the, today's guest. Joining us, we have assistant coach Zachary Rieger. How you doing, Coach Rieger? Um, I'm doing well. It's really good to be back in the booth with you, man. I had a lot of, a lot of fun last time. Let's get to it. Absolutely. I love it. I'm so excited. So, um, obviously, anybody who hasn't seen kind of the first season, I always ask this question. You've been asked it before, um, but it was around probably, what, seven, eight months ago? Um, to anybody who hasn't seen the previous episode, who is Zach Rieger? Well, currently, um, the assistant wrestling coach here, you know, started out last year. Um, at this point in my life, who I am... I, I think I'm, I'm just a guy really trying to, to figure it out, you know, and I, I like spending my time here with you guys as much as I can and just trying to, trying to make my way in the world. So some things change, rearrange, you know, but uh, at the same time, you know, I'm kind of thriving in this weird spot in my life. There, there's kind of beauty in this, in this ambiguous space I'm in. So, you know, I just day at a time. Not much to it, but Zachary Riga currently is a dude trying to make it. Hey, I love it. Like like the great Jay Cole said, <laughs> uh, things change, rearrange, and so do I. I don't really know the rest of it, but that, I just kind of clicked <laughs> with me. Um, shout out Jay Cole. But um, we'll jump into it. So, Coach Rieger, um, how has life kind of changed? Last year you were, I believe, on as, a, as the volunteer assistant, yeah. um, and, and now we got you as assistant coach. How has life changed since becoming assistant coach here at Charlie? So, I mean, as far as the coaching standpoint, I've got a lot more responsibilities, and I think that uh, I think that's good. I, I, I want to be I'm, I'm much more involved. I've moved closer to the university, and that really helps out just being around, being available for you guys, Coach Hall, um, and – that's kind of the biggest thing is just I'm, I'm here more. It was once a week last year. I mean, yeah. I lived about 40 minutes down the road in Fort Wayne. So being able to come here on a daily basis, attend every practice, I feel like I can make a bigger impact, a bigger splash, whether that's in the room, whether that's doing something like this with you. Just being available has been probably the best thing and in, in, in the adjustment from, I guess, being quote unquote promoted from volunteer to to the assistant role. So I'm I'm definitely very excited to, you know, take the next step and um kind of get a foothold in the program a bit more than say last year. No, absolutely. And and I can I think I can speak on behalf of the team for a little bit. Um I know I said it last year um when we were in this very spot, but 
it, it, it was always great to have you in the room and now to have you in the room on a consistent, you know, every single day, you know, six days a week, um, you know, get the, get the chance to do one-on-ones with you. Um, it's, it's definitely beneficial. So we love having you up here as, as much as we can. No, I appreciate it, man. I mean, it does mean a lot, man. You guys, you guys do a lot for me and I just hope I can kind of give you the same in return. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I want, to, I want to dive into a little bit of wrestling. From a coaching standpoint, what would you say is the most or what is one of the most important characteristics in a wrestler for them to be successful? I think, um, you know, when I got the questions last night, I just kind of did a little peek at them. And one word really stuck out, and I think it encompasses just kind of a lot of, you know, wrestling as a whole. And that word's discipline. And, you know, we talk about motivation. I think discipline's, you know, a much stronger factor as opposed to that because you can lose motivation kind of – comes and goes in waves, you know, but I feel like discipline is something where, you know, whether you're feeling good or bad, there's something that needs to be done. And regardless of, you know, your situation, your circumstances, you have to get it done. Um, whether that's, you know, getting your meals in, diet, nutrition, going for an extra run, hitting morning cardio, hitting that lift, like you have to be disciplined enough to do that. And like, I liken it to even, you know, shaking your own hand you know you're always making agreements with other people shaking the hands like yeah i can do this for you we have a deal start making those deals with yourself start making those things non-negotiable i'm going to hit this lift i'm going to hit this extra run i'm gonna hit uh 10 minutes on the on the airdyne bike after practice so i feel like discipline really is something that a lot of people can really take foothold get a foothold on in the wrestling community especially those still competing and for coaches alike too just there's a job to do, a task to do, and you have to hold yourself accountable. Discipline yourself. Get the job done. Don't stop when you're tired. Stop when you're done. Absolutely. I think, and I said this a lot throughout season one, um, for me, obviously being in my second year here, I feel a lot more comfortable. You know, so much of the first year is so much confusion and, you know, just so so much you don't understand and you don't know. Everything's a learning process throughout the year. Um, something I, I, I quickly learned was that the level of commitment has to change. Um, you know, the stuff that you can get away with in high school and middle school, you know. Once you leave, I, I'm, I'm trying to think about how to phrase this. It's like in high school you were able to be a wrestler when you were in the room. I feel like in college you have to be a wrestler regardless of if you're in the room, in the classroom. It has to follow you whether you're home, eating, you know. It's, it's just the commitment level is a lot bigger, um, you know, if you're – if you go home, I mean, this hit me like a bus my freshman year. Go home after a workout, after a lift, um, and drink a bunch of Mountain Dew <laughs> and have a Jack's Pizza, um, and then prepare to go out and you know run in the in the hot weather that next day. You're gonna you're gonna have a rude awakening, you're and that's feel it. it. It was something it sucked in the moment, but it was something that's always gonna stick with me because it was one of those. One of the biggest learning, you know, experiences of my life, I remember I took a, a Snapchat video when I got home that night and I saved it to my memories, you know, after the, after one year you get the memory. Um, and it was like, it was my welcome to the NFL moment, but it was like, well, well, <laughs> yeah. welcome to college. Oh yeah. Uh, I, I, it was really demoralizing and, you know, I'm proud to say that I've never had an instant like that, you know, it can, can I be better? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I, at least I've never had a, a, an instance like that. And that was really when I realized that the commitment, and like you said, the discipline has to really change um, with that jump from high school. Without a doubt, man. So, so something else that I've really noticed, probably when, when you know somebody asks me what the biggest difference from high school to college wrestling is, at least on the, in, the, in the competing sense, is 
the aggression and physicality difference, um, you know, both of us wrestle on upper weights, uh, both heavyweight. Um, I was, you know, really dumbfounded when I came in here and, and realized, you know, it doesn't matter who you're wrestling. They're going to come in here. They're going to be banging on your head. They're going to be banging on your neck. You know, it's going to hurt. You, it's, it's physical. It's super aggressive. And, and battle, I, man. Absolutely. And I was never that guy in high school. Um, you know, who was, it was huge on hand fighting. There was, there was a lot of instances where I would be far better than the guy I was wrestling, but he was aggressive and I, I struggled with wrestling people who were, were really aggressive. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I got to college, that, that, that definitely shocked me. So can you, can you just describe that, uh, that, that, that difference in aggression and physicality once you get into college? Yeah. And I think that, uh, you know, Aggression, you know, is really something that's developed in, in the mind first. And through that aggression comes your physicality, if that makes sense. So there's kind of two separate parts that, that come together at, at some point. So I think aggression, you know, I mean, even in high school for me, it took me a while to, you know, be aggressive enough, confident enough in that sort of aggressive approach to be the one taking chances, taking shots, attacking. And I found that when I was the aggressor, I had a lot more success in matches. When If I was getting the first takedown, I think I was winning a much higher percentage of the time than when if I was giving up the first escape or any other points like that. But something I also you know think to be considered is that aggressive shouldn't be reckless. Right. You know, because right. I mean, some there's all we've all seen the one maybe wrestler who you know maybe takes a take, takes a lick on the on the edge of the mat comes back mm-hmm. kind of huffing and puffing. You know, and something's starts, gonna happen. Something he's throwing haymakers yeah. and like. That's when you've you've lost it. You've kind of lost your cool, your your headspace, and you're kind of you 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 got to be able to control that that, that chaos in your head, man. So I think I think being aggressive and physical, you know, it, it's developed over time uh, in in the room and after you you win some of those big matches where you're in a two one dogfight right. late in the third and you got to score, you got to make something happen. You're pushing, pulling, circle, and fake, and you're creating action out there in your favor but i it definitely changes in college like you said that sort of welcome to the nfl moment Mm -hmm. i mean i remember just getting dragged a few times man i mean my sophomore year and i just i was like holy crap this this is this is for real because i mean i was winning a lot of matches in high school but when i got to college and i'd taken two years off it was uphill the entire time and like you have to match the intensity and if you're not doing it in the room you're you're not finishing hard. You're not tying up hard during drills, during, uh, during you know, the loops, during live. How in the world can you expect to translate that into a competition against some guy you don't know? Right. And, you know, you, and it takes a good partner to help you develop that. If my partner is going to complain about me tying up hard, finishing hard to the mat, I might need a new partner. Absolutely. You know, that's that's my mindset with it. So I feel like it takes two. It takes two to make a good thing go right. Shout out. Oh, God, there's the 80s song. It takes two to make a thing go right. You okay. You know, yeah. once, once you sang the little jingle, I, it takes I got two it. to make it out of sight. But you know what I'm saying? I had a really great drill partner, uh, Clarence Kennedy. Shout out my guy. Miss that guy. But every day, dude, we'd, before every drill, we'd warm up and we'd give up. Slap our hands, man. Uh-huh. It and was, that was on. That was go time. It was on, dude. You know? It was on. It didn't matter, dude. It did not matter. And he, one of the fiercest hand fighters I've ever encountered, had a, just a short club that just stuck to mm-hmm. your head, dude, and it rattled you, man. And that made me better. 
it made me better. I had to battle every single day, whether it was a seven-step drill or even light drilling. Like I had to be on every day because Clarence was going to bring it, and I sure as heck had to also. And we just saw our, you know, our skill set grow from that. So it takes a partner to develop those things, I feel like, too. But you have to be willing to, to develop that confidence, that aggression and physicality, I think. Absolutely. And you touched on it, you know, right when you started your answer. Um My dad always told me, because like I said, I was never that super aggressive guy. My dad always told me, and we were actually talking about this, um, but it's almost in two different senses. Because, you know, on on the football field, when I played defense, he he called it flipping the switch. You know, it's go time. Um, And when I would do that in football, I I would be genuinely angry, you know. But I feel like he, he would tell me to transfer and do the same thing to wrestling, but I just, I never felt comfortable with doing it. You know, flipping the switch in that sense, getting angry, getting blinded, losing my focus. Um, So I don't know. I I just really struggled with, you know, using my tools. Sometimes I just, since I'm not aggressive, I I feel like I'm not using all of my skill set. I'm not being, I'm not using all my strength. I'm not using my speed, my agility, just because it's like I'm I'm so lackadaisical, if that's the word. Um, and, and sometimes, like you said, I just got to get in the right headspace. And we were actually talking about this um, last Friday, I believe. Um, when it when it comes to it, you and I, and I can flip the switch. It's just it's a different switch, yeah. you know. Um, were you gonna say something? Yeah, I just you know I can remember the moment where you know the the switch flipped, and it wasn't just me being blind and aggressive. Blind and aggressive. It was in practice, and it was okay. I can do this stuff now. Like I, I was really hesitant to finish hard of the mat and my head coach was a big guy in college um but I remember I'd get in deep on singles all the time and I'd run 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 and then I'd eventually drop get Uh extended and then he'd he hit me and he'd just be like what the heck man you had me and it's kind of like I had him dead in the rights and I gave up on myself right and then days later I ended up driving him off the mat and that was my aha that's my that was my moment where it's like all right and if he, if he gave it to me for that takedown, it was the best takedown he ever gave to me. I like to think he didn't, but that was, <laughs> that was, my, that was my moment where it's like, right. this is what it's going to take. I have to be willing to drive this dude off the mat into the stands, and I can have no regard. You know, like I'm not trying to be dirty or anything right, by right. any means, but like that's my idea of being aggressive and physical is, is, is following through. It, and I can go for everything you do, but following through, man, if I have a double, I have to run that thing, dude. Absolutely. I absolutely have to finish that. So it's just don't give up on yourself. If you've got someone dead in the rights, you'll know, and you'll know when you give up on yourself, and you'll know when you finish the job. And it'll just make it that much more frustrating when you do realize, you know, that you've given up on yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, now I kind of want to switch gears and talk about mentality for a little bit. It was something I've always overlooked. Um, and once I got here, I really, you know, figured out how, how important it is to, to keep a strong mind, um, whether it be over a, a tournament, a practice, a, a week, a month, a season. Um, it, it really is one of those things that, you know, drives how, how your day is going to go. So um, can you talk about me? Talk to me about the mind over ma- matter. Um, and you, you, you were telling this to me, what was it, last week, um, about how after this week, you know, we'll, we'll never, this is the best week that, this is the best <laughs> we will feel, you know, the rest of the year after week one, you know, you, yeah. you started 100%, you dropped down to 90, you dropped down to 80, you dropped down to 70. So how do you kind of ignore how the body feels and, and just go out there and get it every single day? You know, it, 
I don't think we should necessarily ignore how the body feels. Like, you know your body. And it's like Coach said today, you got to know the difference between hurt and injured. Mm-hmm. Everyone, everyone's hurting right now, man. You, you hit a hard cardio in the morning. You hit a lift. And then you got to go practice. You go dozens of drills. You go live. And you got those bender cardio workouts at the end. Like, you're going to be hurting. Right, right. But are you necessarily injured? I feel like, you know, acknowledge that you're, that you're hurting. Take the necessary steps to, you know, remedy those things. Go into the AT room, stretching it, stretching on your own, um, working on your mobility, you know, and it's, and it's going it, to, you're not going to be able to recover, you know, fully, you know, just stretching maybe after practice. Like you got to, it's kind of like you said, like you have to live the lifestyle. Right, right. You need to do take your steps. If, that, if, if, if the trainer's like, hey, you need to be in a treatment at 11, and you've got class, and the class ends at ten fifty. Well, you better book it across yeah, campus. You get to the AT room, dude. You got to get an ice bath in. You got to. You have to get your your stuff in, whether that's recovery, nutrition. Like acknowledge how the body feels, and if in its injury, I I've, personally I feel like that's another story. I don't feel. I think like we should be smart with injuries, but acknowledge how the body feels, respect it, and take the proper steps to remedy yourself and take care of your body. I don't think we should ignore it though. I think ignore, but definitely understand the difference between hurt and injury. I think that's very important. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, um, we, we talked about it a little bit with flipping the switch, but I, I think we, I'm and on the sheet. It says, how does somebody get to that space? And it's kind of broad, but I think everybody knows what I'm talking about. You know, that, that, that state of focus and you're totally locked in. How would you say, like, how did you necessarily get into that space right before a match? Um, you get into that headspace where you're just locked in, you know, and, and you feel comfortable going out there. You know, I just kind of came with my uh, my pre-match routine. You know, I didn't really have much, but I did the same thing every time. Around 65 in a duel, I'd just get up and I'd start pacing. And I'd kind of look over and see my opponent and I'd pace some more bounce, stretch, hit three down and backs, get the heart rate pumping up around 197. And then, you know, I always, and it's weird, man. I always put my left sock on first, warm, like getting, getting the gear on left yeah. sock, left shoe, right sock, right really? shoe. Yeah. And I, and I would, I would always, I would, I always had this thing too. Like when it was time to go, I would throw, throw, throw my shorts down in the same way, step out and take off, take off the the warm up top, fold it, slap coach's hand, and it was the same. And it was the same thing, and that routine really just kind of gave me, you know, my uh, sort of my my, my confidence because if I was doing the same thing and I was winning matches, whatever I'm doing is working. Right. And I would always recite uh, some lyrics. I would I would put. I would, no, this is a true story, man. Before every single match, I'd put the ankle band on, and I think it was ASAP Ferg. <laughs> And his song "Doe Active," and I would, I would, I would have my foot on the line. I'd put my ankle band on, and I would say to myself, "I said, my daddy said I'm a prince. Now I'm a king. Sacrificed uh, and went to heaven. Now I'm living his dream." Uh, and I'd go out there, shake the dude's hand, and it was go time, dude. <laughs> so like that was that was the routine, man. I'd, I'd, I'd go, I'd toe the line, walk back to the boundary, say my lyrics, come back, go time. I love so it. So that was, and it's whatever, man. Some people, you know, some people take a knee, they'll say a prayer, whatever that is for you. 
Master your routine. Understand what works for you. If you listen to music, listen to music. And we talked about it the other day, pre-match routines. Like, that's super important. Right. And the routine, I feel like, you know, can transcend even the pre-match. Like, what are you doing at the hotel the night before? What are you eating the night before? Are you sure you're going to float that pound if you're eating the, the bagel instead of the peanut butter and jelly? You know, right. you got to, and you'll know, and it takes some practice to, you know, understand what really works for you. But I don't think, I, I, but it's, it's unique to, it's unique to the individual too. But I think getting your, your routine down daily, whatever you're traveling. I remember before we get on the van, dude, I'd go to Jimmy John's and get the same sandwich. Okay. Can't remember that sandwich right now, <laughs> but I would get the same sandwich and we'd hit the road. I'd have my meal and you know, I'd be, I'd be set till we got to the hotel. So but it's what you felt comfortable in. Exactly. You know? I knew it wasn't going to make my stomach hurt. Cause when we got off the bus, we would unpack, go to the hotel. And then we were hitting off the, we'd stay at the hotel probably half hour. And we coach was always like, all right, go hit a run, get that bus right out of you. We'd be in Chicago and Naperville area, dude. And we would, uh, and we'd hit, mile and a half run around some random spot. Clarence would have the route picked out. We'd follow him and we run in the bitter cold, dude. So right. we, we'd bring, we'd bring clothes, gloves, beanies, you name it. And that, it was all part of the routine. And it ended up, it worked well for me, for others. I'm, I, you know, I can't speak for them, but the routine I think is critical to success. Absolutely. Um, kind of with that, you know, it's, 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 it's such a long season physically, emotionally, um, where we're going to wrestle a lot of really good teams this year. We're going to get banged up. We're going to get, you know, some people are going to get some losses. Um, how do you kind of stay so mentally tough through such a, a long season? I think we get, what, six six months? Is that Roughly, I'd you say. You know, I feel like that's not a bad estimate. You know, yeah. we start in October, end in March. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a long season. So how does somebody stay so mentally tough through that? You know, along with, you know, the routine that I, I kind of went on about there, I mean, the more times you execute something correctly, the more confidence you're going to build. I think also how you stay mentally tough is just, you know, developing trust, whether that, you know, that's with your coaches, your teammates, your workouts, your lifts, and trusting that your training is going to put you in the best position to succeed. I feel like that is something I really leaned on um, during the grind of season. You know, whether I was injured or not, I always trusted that. What I was doing, my recovery plans, my diet, my practices, my lifts, doing everything I can possibly do to put myself in the best position to win matches and be the best for my team. I feel like that is how I, I stayed mentally tough was just confidence in knowing that I'm going to wake up Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 630 and go get my lift in at seven class at eight. You know, and it just, it, like I said, it was non-negotiable. And I knew that if I was in there, I was doing the right thing, and I was going to breakfast, and I wasn't eating garbage. I was very much dedicated to my craft, and I feel like once you buy into that, I feel like mental toughness becomes much easier to attain. Like I, like you said, you're going to be banged up. It's going to happen. That That's death taxes, and you're going to be hurt in wrestling. Mm -hmm. That's just that's life, man. So acknowledge that. Understand that's that's what's going to happen. But the more you do things correctly, the more you put yourself in the right position, the right choices you make, the better off you're going to be. And I feel like that's going to develop your mental toughness. You got to battle through some hard stuff, man. It's going to happen. But when you come out on the other end of that successful, you're going to see your confidence build, your mental toughness build alongside that. That's a, that's my thought process on it. Absolutely, I, I love what you just said. Um, so now you've you've 
you know, been here at Trine. We're coming up on a year, I think. I don't remember exactly which one your first one was. Um, I know you were there for Kalahari. Yeah, um, I think that was my first one. Actually. Was Kalahari your first Kalahari one? Kalahari was okay. the first. It was the debut. Okay, so, you know, coming up on a year, um, how have you seen the team change, you know, since, you know, the first day you came here to, you know, just a couple hours ago at practice? You know, just some things that I've noticed. And, like, I came in at the midpoint of the season – we're not 100%. Right. I've had the opportunity to see you guys start at 100% this year. And just out the gate, you know, I got three words written down, you know, effort, intensity, and focus. I see when, when Coach Hall is showing technique, you guys are locked on him. And you guys ask, you guys are asking questions, which is what we want. And as far as, you know, intensity, we have a really good problem with intensity. We're telling guys, hey, slow down so you can hit the, hit, right. hit, hit the execute the technique correctly. Having to tell guys to slow down instead of picking it up, you know, that's that goes alongside with your effort and your dedication. And, you know, and just it feels like you guys are buying into what we're what we're selling to you. And I think you guys are understanding that what we show is not necessarily the right or wrong way to do things, but just a different way. Right. right. Maybe you guys you've seen something and we and we 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 listen to what you guys are saying it's like hey like like nash showed me something yesterday during uh you know switches and i was like hey let's take that and show that it could be something you know someone could use so i i think it's just it, as as a, as a collective i think most everybody is on the same page too like we're we're moving in lockstep to you know take this program to the next step and be very much competitive. Absolutely. Um, you know, it's it, it's not to, I guess, I, I don't want to speak ill of the team last year, even though the team last year is just one other guy. Uh, shout out to Owen Conklin. Um, the guy. But I don't know. I, I, I've told Coach Hall this, you know, whether it be preseason, whether it be season, you know, up until this point. We've yet to compete, but up until this point, I, I feel like this team – took a, a lot of steps over the summer. I feel like it feels different. Not not by any means that we had a bad culture, bad environment last year, no. but like you were like you said I don't think we've had a, a you know a bad or lazy practice. Has it been perfect? No. No. You know, but I, I don't think perfect attainable. I think you strive for per- perfection and and fall on your great. Um and, and to put it as a whole I, I I feel really solid with with how the guys have been so far this year. Um Moving on to one of my favorite, and I think one of the most important parts of being in a team aspect in a team environment is culture. Um, I've had the privilege to be with some absolutely fantastic cultures in my high school, um, and then and then last year, you know, building up this culture. Um, what do you? What would you say the culture here is at Trine Wrestling? You know, like I said, since you've been here, integrity, commitment. Compete, connection, and unity. That is what we're I about see you. here. I see you. I see you. I see you, Kyler Bills. I see you, Coach Rieger. I love it, man. I love it. So we're 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 living by this. We're growing each day to really embody these these core values of our program, and, and we're seeing it every day. And we're in, and if someone's not living up to those standards to 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 our motto to our values. We're calling them out on it, mm-hmm. and you know we're holding each other accountable alongside it. So, I think those five, you know, characteristics, uh, personality traits, you name it, are are really what describe us. You know, we we connect with one another. We have a lot of fun. We have a, we have a great deal of fun, and it's such a joy to be around you guys. We're 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 definitely we're definitely a team that loves doing 
I think we enjoy doing the right thing, especially when no one's watching. Right. We're, we're a committed bunch too. We're doing, like, like I said, we're doing the right things. Guys are testing new things to see if that works for them. You're exploring your, your options, your opportunity. Um, and boy, do we compete every day. It's, Absolutely. it's really fun to watch, man. You guys are getting after it in the room and some guys are getting, some guys are getting frustrated because like yeah. there's, there's no, oh, there's, there's no easy goes in some of these, man. Like it's, it's fun to watch, and you know when someone breaks through, you know the coaches are the first ones yeah. to clap it up and get excited. Man, someone just, you know, someone made a play. You know, yeah, like I've, I've seen you guys. I've seen you guys get really excited it's before. Like, you know? I show, it's great to see. Yeah, like I, I showed Hawkins a little, little that little backside drag with the head position. You know, he hit it against uh, against boots, and I was jumping up and down. Yeah. And it's like he, all right, it worked for him. You know, we're making connections, and um, we're we're united, man. I I really think that you know. I'm so excited to like travel and mm -hmm. compete and just have us in our element too. The bus rides, the hotels. That's when you know when the brotherhood across the shirt Absolutely. actually develops and we become the, the, the trying wrestling family, man. Like it's and you know we go apart for the summer, but when our time comes, we always oh, come together. And it's sure. and it's beautiful, man. Every team I've been a part of has done it. And it's it's so much fun, man. So I think those five values, we're doing our best to live up to them and then exceed them as well. Absolutely. Um, moving off, you know, some of the, the mentality and culture aspect of it. Um, you know, we have we have a lot of tough tournaments this year. I talked about that a little bit before. Um, how important is it for, you know, trying to test ourselves against some of the best in the nation? I mean, we have there's a lot of top guys. I mean, off off the top of my head, I know you know Olivet has has Donnie King, yeah, yeah um, runner up, national runner up. I'm going to see him a couple times throughout yeah. the year. So, um, and, and there's a lot of the lot of that instance and a lot of weight classes just just in the conference, let alone on our schedule. Absolutely. Um, so, how important is it for us to test ourselves against some of the nation, some of the best in the nation, so early um, in the year? Because for me. In high school, you know, we dominated our area. So, you know, the area of Fort Wayne for wrestling, we, we kind of dominated it. When we get down to Indy, some of the better schools, we, we look lost. You know, mm -hmm. we would get a tournament or so in Indy where we would kind of get smacked around. But then we get down to the semi-state and state tournament, and it, it gets really rough down there. So how important is it for us to stack up against this t really top-tier competition? I think, it's, I think it's very much important, you know, and it's, it's good to see what the best is out there is in our region and beyond just you know it's a good measuring stick for us and we put in we put in good work and um you know some of those programs they're in the national title hunt every year i think what augsburg's coming they're coming to us for the invite second week of the uh -huh. second week of competition season and we're gonna wrestle some of the augies and they're right. going to bring it yeah and this is it's a great opportunity to you know when you and when you feel you know, when you're wrestling guys who are contending for national titles, it's it's different. And we need to be able to, you know, tie up with these guys and we need to be able to compete with these guys. And it's gonna and it's hopefully, you know, we're we're we we're, we're competitive, we're beating these guys. But even if we don't, like with it, these are opportunities for us to grow as wrestlers. And you never know, you might see that that person again and you and at that point. If you don't come out six, you don't come out victorious. You owe him one. Right. You know what he's got now, and you 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 should make the adjustments to make yourself a better wrestler after you face the best competition. You know, and nothing's nothing's better than winning one of those revenge matches, oh, absolutely. man. Absolutely. I remember going back and forth with Wabash kids all the time, mm -hmm. and they'd come back going to overtime, 
five, four matches, you know, and the next time they'd see me, they're bringing it right back right. the same way they did the first time. So I think it's incredibly important that we go there and we wrestle them with just so much intensity and ferocity, and we do not waver. And it doesn't matter what color the singlet is, what name across their chest, what place they were at the national tournament. None of that matters. We need to go out there and compete hard. Oh, absolutely. Um, you did say it doesn't matter what name is across their singlet. Um, however, I'm going to jump over to this. Um, <laughs> how much does the level of desire change when it comes to competing against teams in the MIAA for you? Kind of two different aspects on this. Being an Adrian guy, um, yeah, yeah. It, it, you've had it from an Adrian perspective. Now you have it from a Triumph perspective. But, but nonetheless, I know that the intensity doesn't change. You know, you want to beat the teams in the conference. Um, you don't want to lose to the teams in the conference. So, so just talk to me a little bit about how much more conference play is worth. I think, uh, you know, I think I don't want to say the stakes are higher, but they feel it feels mm -hmm. like they are. You know, right. those are the ones you really want. You had rivals in in high school, oh, absolutely. whether it was an individual on the mat, a school, you know. I remember I had I had multiple in just my, my district and region, mm -hmm. and, you know, we went back and forth, and sometimes they got the better of me. Sometimes, you know, I got the last laugh, and, it, and it's so beautiful to get that last laugh. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, man, especially, you know, having having a lot of history at, a at Adrian, you know, that's a team that I, I definitely I, I definitely am always excited to see. I've still got friends, oh, but sure. I absolutely want us to, you know, I want I want us to go there. I want us to they come here, we go there, whatever. We got to compete with these guys. These the Olivets, the Albions, the Almas. These 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 are the people we need to get really excited to compete right. against because we're going to see them at every single tournament so, you know literally almost every single tournament you're gonna see a kid from olivet you're gonna see a kid from alvin you're gonna see a kid from adrian and you know i'm probably alma you're gonna see a kid yeah. from alma too they're gonna be everywhere man and there are there are neighbors and we're in constant competition with them so those ones are always a little bit sweeter and you want those ones just a little bit more oh absolutely it definitely you know what whether it be any aspect of life you know when you when you step on to to enemy territory, you just you just want to get it done a little bit more. Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. Um, so, with how young the team is, how do you think that you have seen some some guys step up and lead? You know, you know, at least for me in high school, it was always passed down. You know, senior class by senior class, it was always passed down. This year, um, only had Owen last year. We don't have a senior this year. It's a really young team, um, but but I think everybody has done. You know, certain guys have done a really good job of. A stepping up and leading. Can you talk me through that process a little bit? Yeah, I think our you know our young core of guys is really you know carrying carrying the load here. You know we've got guys who are you know in 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 the group chat you know being sort of vocal leaders and saying hey keeping keeping maybe the younger guys organized. This is at this time. Make sure you do this. Make sure you send this email. Fill out this paperwork. You name it. The guy in the best teams are you know policing themselves right. if you will and they're holding you accountable coach hall stevenson carver myself don't want to be the guys you know wave the finger at you no you better get this done mm -hmm. like we do not we do not want to be those those coaches so it falls on it falls on our on our on our you know our, our upperclassmen our juniors and even some of the sophomores you know to to keep everybody on the same page and i feel like we're doing a great job of that a lot of vocal leadership in the room and a lot of really good leading by example as yes, well i think yes. I think we're because a lot we're not the biggest rah rah group mm -hmm. of guys who are you know screaming talking all that. It's 
a lot of the guys who are in, you know, who are, you know, taking these positions of leadership are very much leading by example, not the, not the, you know, most outspoken guys, but definitely guys to look to and like, Hey, he's living the right way. He's doing the right yeah. things. And like, you know, that's pick their, pick their minds, you know, see what they're doing and, you know, try to aspire to be like them. And, and even at some point when your time comes, maybe even greater. Yeah, I mean, it's really cool. I had a guy in high school, Ethan Hicks, you know, probably up until college, the best guy I've ever wrestled with. And he was the most quiet guy I've ever met, you know. We were really good friends. He would talk to me outside. But, like, when it came to wrestling, I never heard him in practice, never heard him at tournaments. And when I translate it here, Bootsy's a lot like that. You know, Mm -hmm. Joey's a lot like that. Ethan's a lot like that. Um, and it's almost, it's hard to say. I feel like throughout my career, I've had a lot of guys who, you know, are leading, but they don't necessarily live the same lifestyle that they're preaching. I look at guys who lead by example and it's like, they might not be preaching it, but they're living it, you know? And it almost says more to me because they don't have to say anything to get your attention. And that's, that's to me worth a little bit more. Um, anybody can speak up and say something, but a guy who can truly embody, what their values are and what they're saying with their bodies and their, their body and their action. It always just means a little bit more for me. I agree. Um, so, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of outside factors in wrestling. Um, something I've always struggled with, you know, going back to this mental battle. Um, how do you block out, you know, some of the out, outside factors of wrestling, starting with like rankings, and, you know, and things like that? You know, I think they're really fun to look at as a, as a spectator, you know, I mean, kind of, in, in a coach's role or even, like, when I was kind of out of coaching. It's always fun to see, you know, the who's who of wrestling in the region, in the country, in the state. And you kind of, you know, and you kind of got some eyeballs on them, and, and you'll see them at some point. You know that at some point your paths may cross, and, oh, he's, numbered, he's number five, and I'm number seven. Mm-hmm. It's going to be this this big thing, this barn burner. I, uh, I think they definitely can be harmful as a competitor, though, because you can make the match – Bigger than it is. absolutely. And, you know, maybe who says it has to be a barn burner? Right. You could go out there and work the major if you go out there. And if you mm-hmm. go out there and, you know, just kind of focus in on what it takes to win as opposed to making the moment this big spectacle. Yeah, don't get lost in the moment. Exactly, man. And, you know, my advice uh, about rankings is I don't think they mean anything. Mm-hmm. Every single year at the national tournament, a number one seed is upset. Uh-huh. Every single year. Not every one seed wins the title. Not every two seed wins the title. These guys might not even place. Mm-hmm. There's, I mean, was it Bryce Meredith about five, yeah. six years ago, unseeded in the finals? So take your rankings and, you know, just put them in your back pocket and, you know, throw them in the washer and then burn the pants. That's Absolutely. my advice. Yeah. Don't look at them. Do not look at them. I think the healthiest thing you can do as a competitor when it comes to rankings is not look at him. After the season, if you want to kind of go through the archives, I did that after my senior year. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, I was ranked here. And then I dropped. And then I came back up. And uh-huh. then I dropped again. And then I'm up here. So, you know, it, it, it was fun to kind of see it at the end when it was all done, seeing like the roller coaster of who's beating who, who might have beat who, and kind of connecting the dots there. But I don't think they really mean anything. I think if you really, you know, go out there and you try to wrestle your match, whatever number some blogger puts next to someone's name doesn't really – factor into what I'm doing in my practice room and what I'm eating and my training, you know? Right, absolutely. Um, It kind of ties in with rankings, but 
from an expectation standpoint, uh, I think a lot of people who are, you know, in a heavily induced wrestling family, sometimes, you know, parents or, you know, guardians will put kind of expectations on them. Not necessarily to, to put pressure on them, but, but you have a certain expectations you want to fill. Sometimes you get a little bit wrapped up in them, and it's it's kind of this mental battle when you, you fall short of those expectations or when you when the one thing that you're going into work for is to, to meet those expectations and not to, you know, gain something within yourself, become a better, better wrestler that day. Um, how do you kind of tune out those, the tune out those expectations? And when you go to practice, when you compete, when you're drilling, how do you do it for you? So I think back to my, my junior year of competition, you know, when uh, coach Indell first came to AC you know, I was five and nine that sophomore year, and I had a really big turnaround. And I really factor that into, you know, like I didn't really put expectations on myself. I didn't think I was going to be, you know, you know, I, I had goals, you know, but I don't think those goals were necessarily expectations. And I, are you kind of saying expectations from others or like from, from, from others? From, from others? others? Yeah, I didn't really, I didn't really. I don't think there were, I don't, I just didn't pay attention to those expectations because I'm the one going in the practice room and I'm the one who's expecting to win. Right. And every day I would write out, you know, my goals, I'd be in class and you know, there'd be a lull and I'd scribble my goal just probably 30 times. I'm, I will be an all American 2018 every single day. I just, I just started to believe it. I bought into that. But as far as expectations, when, I tuned out the expectations from others. I found there was much more, you know, like a purity when it came to, like, my competition and how I competed. Right. I went out there to, to score points. And if I scored points, I was probably going to win. And, you know, I found that expectations, you know, can be can kind of place limiters on you, especially when it might be your dad, uncle, grandpa being like, well, I was, I did this, this, and this, and, you know, you, you got to do better than me. I don't necessarily think that that's helpful. I think you should be setting the realistic goals for you. And, you know, when there's effort and gratitude when you compete, you know, I think you can go extremely far. And those are some, some of the things that I, I embodied, you know, and took really the place of the outside expectations. I mean, when I was in high school, we were in the team finals every year. Mm-hmm. And I remember we were sitting in the hotel lobby in Kellogg Arena in Battle Creek. Kellogg. Kellogg Arena. Wrestled yes. there a couple times. Fun yeah. place to New wrestle. New Way Nationals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The stands right over the mats. Yep. The crowd, dude, in the team finals, man. And Jeff McGinnis sang the national anthem, rest in peace. I'm getting chills talking about the best national anthem I've absolutely ever heard. But an electric wrestling environment. And we're sitting in the lobby and Coach Butts is, was our, our lineup genius, and he's going through the paperwork. And he's, 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 he's to my right. He's to my right, and he beans down next to me and goes, hey, Rieger, what's up, Coach? You have to pin this guy or else we lose the state championship. Okay. <laughs> you know, and like that, you want to talk about, like, the pressure, right. you know. And it was just – and it was like either I get the fall – or, you know, I don't do my job and we walk away empty handed. Right. So like that was that that's pressure and expectations, you know, from a coach. And I feel like when a coach expects something from you, I think that might be a better place to be. Mm-hmm. The best place to be when your coach has high expectations for you, I think that's where, you know, you can get a lot accomplished. Is when you tune out the outside stuff, but internally within your team, your coaches, your friends, your teammates, when those expectations are high, I feel like 
and you let your effort and your gratitude guide you and you're just you're you're grateful to compete i feel like that can really create some really positive experiences for you and translate to wins as well absolutely no i i definitely agree with what you just said um now I want to move on and, and kind of find a little bit more about you. Um, some some questions that might not necessarily be related to wrestling, <laughs> oh, but but oh, they geez. they are in the same way. Um, starting off, what's your favorite professional organization? <sighs> Sounds weird. Favorite team, I guess. Favorite team, but like that's that's everything. That's football, Ever. basketball. Golly, man, I'm a big I'm, team. I'm a big Detroit sports fan. Okay, you know, Lions are looking rough right now. Oh, I man. do I do publicly now claim them. Um, <laughs> the podcast i claim the detroit lions can't be worse than me man i don't know bro i don't know we're just shout out all nfl poverty franchises yes, <laughs> we're in the same boat <laughs> but yeah i'd say i'd say the lions you okay. know i, I got i got a thing since i was just a, a small kid went through the own 16 season when i was Oof. in like seventh eighth grade and i was like one day when they're a winner i'm gonna have the last <laughs> laugh and it's been 15 years. <laughs> they're, on, they're on the come up, though. They're on the come I up. I hope so, dude. So outside of, you know, coaching, working, whatever it may be, what would you say your favorite pastime is? Favorite pastime? You know, I'm a, I am love a cup of coffee kind of outside in the morning okay. watching the sunrise or even just outside during that golden hour yes. sunset, dude. You know, it's, it's simple things. It is, man. You know, I lived in the country, and it was super quiet. You know, I, I worked, you know, I was cutting lawns back in college all day, and, uh, it was always noisy with that lawnmower, and I always go out back, and I'd watch the airplanes fly overhead. We lived near, like, a local airport. Okay. And, and, you know, the cars would pass by. The wind would blow. The corn would sway. And just as That's where I had just some fond memories. I had, a, I had a port swing I'd sit on. It was just really peaceful, yeah. and I really kind of found just a little – it was a bit, It was harmonious there. Okay, okay. Who's your uh, Who's your favorite wrestler to watch slash ever? Gosh, that's really hard. I couldn't really I, – I, I had the questions beforehand, and I just there's, – there's so many, like <laughs> – Just just throw a guy out for Gable's me. Gable's crazy, Gable? dude. Gable was crazy, you know, especially being a heavyweight. Just you aspire to, like, mm -hmm. hit some of that stuff. Like, it's yeah. just otherworldly. I really liked watching Snyder back when he was in college, uh -huh. and even today. Jaden Cox, just – I was really impressed by him. Spencer Lee also mm – -hmm. I think he's just he's he's sensational. Just the things he does, just the dominance. So, and there's there's so many more that I I can't I can't name right now. But it's just the, the guys that really stick out to me. Those are, and there's also one D three heavyweight too that I really love to watch. Push the pace, and I just admired him. Uh, Adarius Jones out of Augustana. I think okay. he was national runner up. I think it was two years. Out. It was the year after I graduated. And I remember watching him wrestle, and he was just a bear. Relentless pace, hitting just really solid takedowns for like a 255 pound guy you know about six one just really admired you know he, he's a pretty stylish cat too I yeah had a really cool hat he'd walk in with <laughs> man he talked to me at the national tournament when i was there dat me up met the guy sweet dude man and a heck of a competitor yeah no absolutely so um who's the greatest wrestler ever I got two names. So Alexander Carolin, the Russian, you know, they called him the experiment, the, the Greco guy, his body of work, his just championship pedigree uh, for years and years down the line, man, from I think it was the late 80s to, you know, 2000 when he finally took that loss to Rulon Gardner and just mm -hmm. in the, the controversial match, you know, a lot of a lot of stuff went on. But, I you know, despite the loss to, you know, Rulon, I, dude, have you, seen, have you seen highlights of him, dude? I have. I know the name. I struggle to think he saw a doctor. I think he was seeing like a veterinarian dude because he was just. He, they call him the experiment for a reason. He's yeah. probably like six seven, just and he's just twisted steel, jacked. And Ivan then, Drago. 
Drago got nothing for this. <laughs> <laughs> Drago got nothing for him. Also, JB, I you know might be. I I like JB, you know, and he's no he's no Carolyn. I'm not saying he he's. I'm not saying he's Alexander Carolyn by any means. But I just I I know I don't know if he's the greatest ever. I struggle to really put him there. But mm-hmm. like in my mind, so would like, you say he's the greatest American wrestler? I'd say he's in contention. Yeah, okay. I'd say he's in contention. I think he's he's. I, I, I might catch some flack. Top three, but he's not three. Okay, so top two. Yeah, okay. top three, but he's, you can argue one way <laughs> or another. Here's my thing, and I think people have to understand this. We, we, we've gotten into the little scuffles in the group chat. For sure, yeah. Um, <laughs> some beef. Under, you know, one day when I get in office, wherever it may be, and it says Kyler Bills, and usually they put their occupation under, I, I'm a professional hater. <laughs> um, oh. I, I'll, I'll argue oh, a yeah. wall against LeBron James. You know, against Who against Jordan LeBron? I'll, I'll argue against a wall. Like, I don't care. LeBron James is not my GOAT. I can, I can name a lot of guys I can put above him. You putting Kobe above him? I'm putting Kobe above LeBron. Yeah, word. I, I, I can subscribe to that. I, I could put Bird above him. I'm leaning. I'm leaning. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not going to say no. I, I, can't, th- I can't say no. But that's, that's where you get. Is that just your Indiana Homer coming out? It might be. It might, it might be, honestly. Um, I hear you. My stepdad's, like, obsessed with Larry Bird, so yeah. I was kind of, you know what I'm saying? But, I hear, I hear you. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm a professional hater. But I, I do – I'm starting to, as I mature, you know, give people their props. You know, I growing up, you know, you're always in that environment where everybody hates Brady, so you hate Brady. I don't hate Tom Brady. I, I like Tom Brady. Florida Tom's a little different. A little um, different, yeah. But uh, – you know, I, I'm 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 not a. You gotta you gotta appreciate greatness. I, you, you know, know, that's kind of where I am too. As I've as I've aged, it's like, gosh, I'm sick of LeBron in the finals nine years in a row. But yeah. it's like, who the heck's gonna do this again? Absolutely. Who the heck's who's gonna? There's never gonna be another Bron, Jordan, Brady, Bird. See, see, this is the thing: is like, I wish I could really sit back and and realize, like, watch Kobe play. Yeah, you know oh what I'm gosh. saying? Like looking, because I can't say that about LeBron right now, but. I could say it about Kobe. Yeah. You know, Kobe's no longer here. Yeah. You know, he retired. And then obviously. But you got to appreciate it while it's here. Without it, it a doesn't doubt. Come. Pat, I'm a Patrick Mahomes certified hater. Um, yeah. You know. Maybe, Dude's great, though. Yeah, he is. Dude's I, nice. I got to get out of the tunnel vision and just appreciate it, I guess. Yeah. I, it's hard. It, it really is. Um, moving on. You kind of answered this. What's your favorite sport to watch? I would assume it's football. Yeah, I just think, you know, and it's nothing against wrestling. It's just more available. Absolutely. I mean, that's the thing. You know, I love watching wrestling. I really love, like, watching film of our guys. You know, some of my friends will send me, oh, some of the guys I'm working with, uh-huh. wait, what can I do better here? And I just, and I really like that aspect, the technical aspect, and just trying to help guys improve. But, yeah, probably probably football, you know, probably my favorite. Without um, a doubt, I'd say so. What was I going to say? No, I just lost it. Um, no. I'll, I'll move back to it. All right, if it comes back. Um, what's your favorite coaching memory so far? All right, so this was actually, and it stuck out, man. It stuck out to me, and then there's only one memory as far as coaching, and it's on the college side of things. So when I was at SUNY Cortland, we had a guy, a freshman 141-pounder in the regional semifinals, which is a ticket match. Yeah. You win, you're going to the tournament. And unfortunately, that national tournament was canceled. It was. It ended up being COVID. the COVID championship ah. that never was. And Merwin's down four with 10 seconds left. He's down four against a guy from the College of New Jersey, TCNJ. And Merwin's fighting, battling, battling, 10 seconds left. He's, he's throwing the kitchen sink at this cat. And 
he is a really funky wrestler with just very unique hips. And he hits a move. He's in, a, I think it was, you know, an over-under seatbelt on the mat. And Merwin flips his hips over, ends up on top, gets the takedown, and a two-swipe at the buzzer. Uh. Tie match. OT. First overtime. No points. We go to the rideouts. Merwin was an absolute backpack on top. And he... And he just and he works the guy, he works the guy, gets the right out in 30 seconds. Now Merwin's gotta go down and gets to his feet, gets to knee, slides up, hits a just a very high-level hip heist to get the create the space to get away. And then Brune, Coach Brad Brune and I, he's since retired at Cortland. And him and I, you know, I wouldn't say I have the relationship I have with Coach Hall with him. You know, it was very much, you know, a business-like approach. Right. And uh we weren't like I'm not saying he's a bad dude. We just didn't have like the buddy buddy. We weren't right, like we're right. super close, you know. But uh, Merwin ends up getting him circling in, circling his hand fighting. Brune and I stay in, stay in, stay in. And time expires. And I look to Brune, he's on my left, and we just give like the most awkward hug of all time. <laughs> just and we both look at each other, push each other away, and then it's just, yeah, Chandler, yeah, Chandler. So uh. like, you know, that's a really fond memory. You just you, uh, seeing a guy you know, qualify after you put in so much work with him. And he cut really hard to make 41. And just the gutsy performance, down four with 10 seconds left. Incredible effort. One of the most electric matches I've had the opportunity to, like, sit in the corner on. Absolutely. Absolutely incredible. Speaking of electric, I thought of the other question. Awesome. Um, favorite professional wrestler of all time? Professional wrestler? Don't tell me you didn't watch it. I did, dude. My dad still watches it. Okay. Well, he snores when he's, when he's, <laughs> when he's watching it, but I can't change the channel because right. I'm, I'm watching that. <laughs> you know. But, uh, gosh, dude. Because you were in the golden era. Yeah, just about. Like, the, that late 90s, early yeah. 2000s, I was a big Rey Mysterio guy. Big, oh, I love it. Love Rey Mysterio. You can't, you can't not like Rey. No, dude, the 619. Exactly. I, I think I love Ar the Randy Orton for the RKO uh -huh. meme. I yeah. love the meme. Out of nowhere, gosh, 2013 <laughs> was a heck of a year. Um, I like The Rock, Stone the Rock, Cold, Stone. The Big Show. Big I, had a, I had a bunch I liked, dude. I wanted to be a professional wrestler. Oh, dude. yeah? Dude, yeah. I, Door's not closed. Yeah, you never know the nil deals i'm hoping <laughs> dude subscribe to me all right a whole wu-tang practice are you staten island born and raised you know uh come from the shaolin slums wu-tang uh -huh. clan um if you want beef then bring the ruckus talk to him <laughs> I, I don't know anything about wu-tang no? i had to google that give them um, give them a shot man there they okay. got it's a it's a lot more like edgy sound kind of some rugged beats but i think the rhymes and wordplay are what really attract me to them they say a bunch of just Really clever wordplay. Okay. See, I mean, he's probably no 21 Savage, but I'll give him a try. Yes, Sersky. That's all I got to <laughs> say. <laughs> all right. Who's the best dodgeball player on the team? Lakin. Lakin, hands You down. answered way too fast Lakin, for that dude, question. Dude, dude's got a cannon. I caught his ball today. I'm not going to lie. He has a cannon. Lakin's nice, dude. I'm gonna, Lakin's nice. nice. You know, I think uh, another sleeper. Uh, Wade Schaefer, I think. Wade's Wade, I think Wade's criminally slept on in the dodgeball I do, game. I do agree. I like, you know, I, I, I like. He can't throw to save his life. I like Kenny for for his elusiveness. KG, the ultimate. What's the word I'm looking for? Chirp. He's the chirp he master. Is, he he is, just he, is. he doesn't stop, bozo. <laughs> <laughs> Even he's always he's always got something to say. I'm not out. You know, you hit him clear, clear. Yeah, today, yeah. Dude, and he, and, well, that's what I told my team today is, like, if you get hit and they don't call you out, you didn't get hit. Yeah. And if you if they do start calling you out, three, four guys got to call you out. Yeah. Three, four guys got to call gonna call you out. You got to argue like hell to not go out. And 
You know, it just yeah. Like, should I get back to officiating? I think I might need to. You, you honestly might. need A lot to. of controversy. I'm going to start handing out shakies left and right. I, some shakies need to be dealt. I'm, I'm saying, dude. I'm saying. Um. All right, best hooper. Best hooper. I don't know if you've seen a lot of hoopers. I haven't. Is that is that the hall ball sort of thing? That you, you know, hall on? ball. We played a little bit of hoop. We hooped a little bit. Yeah, you know? I I can't really you okay. know give a really so solid Kyler Bills. Take. I like yeah, that we're answer. Gonna, we're gonna go. Ky, we're gonna go. K Bill of the killer oh, here. Beautiful, beautiful. I love it. You, you're also gonna name me here. You know who's we we do a little bit of routes on air. Um, we do, we do. There's a little, there's a little one-on-one action. Who, who's the best QB in the in the room? That's really tough, man. And you can don't don't be afraid to say you. I think I throw dots, bro. I think you throw dots I think, too. I think I, I think I thread the needle. There was one I forget who it was. Little little corner fade back to the post. Might have been Kenny. It was. I think it was, I think it was a beauty. And I ripped it down the seam right where he could get it. Just the you only know, place you receive. Only could place get it. set my guys up for success on the mat and when we're throwing the ball too. You know, I like to say I'm the best quarterback, backyard quarterback this side of Bean Creek and mm. Hudson too. Mm. Played a little bit of you know, uh, you know, adult a rec league football. A little football. bit of flag. It was trouble. They had to, they had to take trouble, you out. Dude. They took had to the, take you out. Took one of the crib in the championship game. Mm. Snagged this. Ah, had the gritty at the end, dude. You know, <laughs> dude, I had to, dude. Hey, I got a storm to hit the gritty out. Yeah. You know, outside, you know, go thunder. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, who's the best wideout? Gosh, man, that's another one. Who is the best wideout? KG gets open, but he his he's hand, got his hands poor, his poor, stone. His poor hand, dude. I like I like Lakin running routes. I like Hawk. Joey gets open too. Yeah, I like. I feel like Joey, Joey can't catch. I don't. I, have, I don't know if I've seen Joey route. He get he gets open. Hawk's elusive. Hawk Hawk is elusive, man. He's got a little shimmy shimmy. I'll tell you what though, and and you could have saved his name for every single. Man, he's probably the best hooper. I haven't seen him toss the pigskin. He's probably the best wideout or DB, and you named him as the best dodgeball player. I'm not going to lie to you. Here, Since he's come in, he's put me on notice. I think he's put everyone on notice. Like He's a guy, like, if I went to high school with him, it's like, why is he so good at everything, yeah, you yeah. know? He's, he's far and away the second best athlete on the team. I think I think he's, he's – he, he, I, I, you know what? I got to lock him up in coverage. Mm. I think Ooh. I, I think I got to put the clamps on him. Ooh. This is a public call out. Okay. Uh, I want press man. Oof. I want him taking him in press man, and and you want defense. I want defense. <sighs> I want press <sighs> man. I want. I'm gonna. I'm. Coach Reeves is putting the clamps on. You heard it here. I public it. statement calling it. out. Calling out Lakin. All right, we're going to get a video of that. Um, we're going to need it. Post it on the page. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. To close her off here, um, what are you most excited about for this season? To compete. To compete? To compete. To train hard and to compete. I think this is a year where trying wrestling can take the next step in building a, a really, really strong perennial contender. I think this is a really pivotal year for us, and I think we're doing the right things right now to put us in that position, whether that's on the coaching standpoint from recruiting and, and you know, wrestler development. Uh, we're doing a lot of good things with the one-on-one with the one-on-one practices. I think you guys are really taking advantage of those uh-huh. and bringing in things that you guys want to work on specifically. And we're making a lot of progress, whether that's developing your mindset or your skill set. I think, I think this is a, a turn-the-corner year for trying wrestling, and I think – competing on the, you know, against other, against obviously other schools, but along with ourselves, we're going to see a lot of good things this year. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, coach Reeves, uh, I don't know why I'm calling you this, but AKA Unc, I'm gonna call you Unc for a little bit. You, you know, I was, uh, I was uncle Reeves at AC. For yeah. A I think, there. I think that's what it I is. I was uncle Reeves for a um, minute. I was an old guy. Thunder nation, man. Let's ride. Um, let's ride. Let, let's ride. But we're, we're, we're going to, we're going to ride a little <laughs> right bit on, better dude. than Denver. We're going to ride. Better oh my than Denver. gosh. 
Um, but I think that's going to wrap it up for today. Coach Rieger, I can't thank you enough for hopping on the podcast, telling the Trine Wrestling community a little bit about yourself. Um, and that's going to conclude the first installment of Season 2 of Building a Trinesty. I'm your host, Kyler Bills, and I want to thank you guys so much for listening. I can't wait to see you next time. Thank you, and go Thunder. Go Thunder. Thanks for listening to this presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu.